The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord and good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. This majestic anthem reminds us of the sovereignty and supremacy of God our Father. Under the leadership of Emilia Hahn, the church choir will sing for you this beautiful inspirational song entitled, Only God. 
To enter God's kingdom, one must be blood-washed, water-washed, spirit-filled, and living the life. In John 14, 6, it states, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The God-given talents of our church band, under my direction, will play this moving tune entitled, The Time Is Now. As we say here at the Apostolic Faith Church, Lord, come quickly.
In this sin-cursed, devil-may-care world, we are faced with trials and tribulations that may seem awful to bear, but our answers can only be found in Christ Jesus, the author and finisher of our lives. Blessed this morning, we have our soloist, Rose Pohaku Carter, singing this inspirational song entitled, Look For Me. When you finally make your entrance to that city of jasper walls and bright golden avenue, as you behold all its beauty and its splendor. Remember, there's just one request I make of you. Look for me, for I will be there too. I realize when you arrive, there'll be so much to view. no question you want to see your loved ones waiting there for you and when you feel you've shared your story with the last one that wants to hear you tell just how you made it through For me, for I will be 
All is welcome to feast upon the pure word of God being preached to the fools at the Apostolic Faith Church. With the sign upon the rooftop, Jesus coming soon. Jesus said in Matthew 11:28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He knows all and sees all before we even seek him. Lend an ear to our church choir as they sing this uplifting song entitled, This is God's House. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen. Matthew 28, 20 reads in part, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. 
God is omnipresent and everywhere. His presence can be felt by those who seek him. With the love of Jesus upon his heart, we have just the associate pastor, Emmett Sproke Sr., playing on his guitar, the wonderful song entitled, There Is Someone. And who's that someone? It's our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus first in their lives and drawing closer to his wounded side is our duet associate pastor Marvin and Sherlyn Abing as they sing this comforting song entitled In His Time. Salvation is an individual matter that they both continually work on so that they will be able to hear the chump of God call to them, come up hither. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this delightful song to Mrs. Betty Yee of Oahu, Hawaii. The love of Jesus emanates in you as witness from those around you. May the Lord continue to bless you, pressed down and overflowing, as you draw closer to Him in this life and that to come. Have a fabulous Sunday. In His time. 
Praise the Lord, and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Oakland, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work and view a Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning our scheduled gospel services here in our state, state Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneri Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mintanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donation to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Are you familiar with the Bible's account of the five wise virgins? and the five foolish virgins who each took a lamp with them as they set out to meet their bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you recall how the five foolish ones were unprepared and were forced to stop and buy oil to fill their lamps, which had run dry? The ending of the story was a tragic one for them as their door of opportunity to be the bride of Christ was shut down with an irrevocable finality and it became a door never to be opened again. They had not been prepared. Therefore, it is my utmost prayer that the message I have prepared and entitled, Is Your Lamp Lit? will motivate you to learn how to have your lamps filled and be as ready and prepared as the five wise virgins were in order to meet Jesus when He returns and so that the door of opportunity to be saved and live eternally with the Lord would not slam shut on you. The presence of the Holy Ghost is an integral part of the gospel. It remains as the light in our lives that will keep our hearts right with Jesus and His righteousness and to affectionately embrace the joy of salvation. The apostles and anointed pastors ensure those lights are kept burning through conscientious preparation of their sermons. Let us read in Acts chapter 20, verse 7 through 8. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued to preach until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. The scripture encourages every believer to 
to assemble in God's house. And with greater enthusiasm and display of effort, knowingly that Jesus' return is near. By going to God's house, one will be nourished by the word of God. Pastors who have been anointed and sent of God will be men after God's heart and filled with the spirit. They will feed their congregations through their knowledge and understanding of the scriptures. The sermon will be exhilarating and delivered in a manner that will clearly demonstrate the presence and power of the Holy Ghost, declaring that one's faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The key to salvation is the name of Jesus and keeping our lamps well-fueled, which assure the reward of eternal life. The presence of the Holy Ghost within a believer fulfills the scripture found in Colossians 1.27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why is it important to have the Holy Ghost alive in us? Let us read in 1 Corinthians 12.3. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. The anointing of the Holy Ghost would make the apostles credible witnesses for the Lord. They were commissioned to tell the world who Jesus is. Being spirit-inspired, they would labor to carry the gospel of the kingdom of God with boldness and courage. As they preached the gospel, the Lord would bring in the souls. The apostles, in turn, would baptize them in the name of Jesus. If remorse and repentance for sin met the standard for righteousness, Jesus would, in turn, fill them with his Holy Spirit right on the spot, or as they consciously worked out their salvation. A known example of this lies with the house of Cornelius, and it described in Acts chapter 10. Being Gentiles, they were, in essence, excluded from Jewish worship. However, their love for the Lord was able to penetrate that barrier. Through faith and prayer, the Lord Jesus brought the gospel to them, comforting them that God is no respecter of persons, but that in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Upon hearing the word of God, through a spirit-filled Peter, the house of Cornelius rejoiced and were filled with the Holy Ghost, and soon after were baptized in the name of Jesus. Let us read in Acts 10, 44 to 48. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? 
and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Peter realized the urgency of salvation, and these souls were baptized in the name of Jesus without delay. Jesus preached, the time is now. Do you realize, television viewers, that days, months, and years are being accelerated for the elect's sake? The shortening of days expresses the concern Jesus has for those who are saved. In other words, the concern is that the saved need not spend any more time upon this earth than that what is required. John the Beloved, who was favored by Jesus, said through the Holy Spirit in Revelation 3:11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. The gospel of Jesus Christ is simple in nature and in content. The gospel does not favor any one race or culture because in the eyes of God, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Lord is neither a respectable persons, Jew or Gentile, bond or free, male or female. Everyone must acknowledge and repent of their sin and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. The gospel has maintained its integrity because of the loyalty and allegiance of God, fearing Holy Ghost, filled conscience as pastors. The gospel remains intact as it was first preached by Jesus and of the apostles because of that continuing spirit. The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. On a particular night, a dramatic change took place within the heart of a man whose fear of God had yet reached perfection. Why did he fall short? It was because he had yet to acknowledge Jesus as being more than a prophet. This man's name was Nicodemus, and he was by profession a Pharisee. In his conversation with Jesus, Nicodemus learns how traditions or a person's religions cannot and could not save. He eventually concluded that the law condemned sin in the flesh provided no avenue of escape. What he eventually learned and accepted from Jesus generated tremendous turmoil in the religious sect. Most concluded that Jesus was a rebel and an activist. The Sanhedrin condemned the doctrine, but they could never explain away the miracles that were performed at his command. Battling with a troubled but curious spirit, Nicodemus went to meet Jesus. Let us read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There is only one explanation to this scripture, which is a quote from verse 7. He must be born again. Water baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Water baptism was implemented for the sake of establishing a physical relationship with Jesus. Let us read in James 2, 17 to 18. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Turn to 1 Peter 3.21, we read, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, 
not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, the simplicity of water baptism in his name confounds the wise and the theologically trained, but it nevertheless was established by God and through the saving of the soul is achieved. In my opinion, when there is an absence of the Holy Ghost, there is also an absence of righteousness, discipline, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Jesus tells us in John 5, 39, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. I cannot overemphasize the point that faith and obedience are required to have our souls delivered from the consequences of sin. The New Testament reinforces the point that faith without works is dead, and that without faith it is impossible to please the Lord. It is unfortunate that this world will remain unsaved due to its negligence and ignorance. Paul concluded the Jews as being unsaved because of their lack of knowledge. The Pharisees continued to object to the baptism of repentance by John the Baptist. Because they refused to be baptized, they lacked faith, foresight, and understanding. The laws given to Moses have not changed, but salvation has been simplified for our sakes, being that Jesus fulfilled every aspect of the law for us. All that is required for us today is to turn to Jesus Christ and keep his commandments. How do we accomplish that? Mark tells us, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Thus you see how the simplicity of the gospel confounds the wise and brings an end to their profound wisdom. On Pentecost, Peter revealed the keys to the kingdom of God. Let us read in Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? In Acts 2.38, it reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The scriptures found in John 3.5, Acts 2.38, and Matthew 28.19 complement each other rather than our cause for confusion. The Holy Spirit allows the believer to understand the scripture by rightly dividing the word of God. These well-known scriptures say the same thing, that he must be born of water and of the spirit. Calling upon the name of Jesus. Have you ever asked yourself, television viewers, what could have generated such a huge response on the phenomenal day of Pentecost? After all, the words which Peter spoke caused 3,000 souls to be saved. That is, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Ask yourself, what did they see? What did they hear? What did they feel that could have moved so many souls to repentance and salvation? We read in Acts 2, 11 to 12 and 21, we do they hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, saying to one another, what meaneth this? And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The speaking in the unknown tongue is unique only to the Pentecostal church. On the 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus, 
poured out his spirit upon the 120 that were assembled in his name. After tarrying for 10 days, the room was suddenly filled with the presence of God. That is likened to the strength of a very forceful wind. Then these faithful saints were eyewitnesses to a visual manifestation, tongues of fire, a burning flame likened to tongues of fire rested upon each of them. Please note that an individual flame rested upon each soul that tarried for the spirit, which numbered 120, reinforcing the fact that salvation is an individual matter. Immediately following the manifestation of the tongues of fire, each individual was filled with the Holy Ghost that was proven with the speaking in an unknown tongue. We read on in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, Jesus was given a name that ranked higher than all the names of the earth, and at which every knee will bow. His name had power that caused the devils to fear and tremble. Thus calling on the name of Jesus in water baptism is an act of obedience to the known will of God. It is a concession that mankind must make that they might be made free from sin. Let us turn to and read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. We then as workers together with him Beseech you also that he receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Yes, I encourage you, our viewers, to seize the moment of grace. Time is short, and Jesus is coming soon. On the day Jesus ascended to heaven, he instructed the apostles and those that believe to assemble in Jerusalem and tarry there until they were endued with power from on high. As he ascended, Jesus imparted unto them a blessing in a manner that had never experienced before. The blessing left them with a presence of God and anticipation of, for fulfillment. A great blessing was in store for them in Jerusalem. However, as was with other blessings bestowed upon Israel, it was conditional. Only obedience to those simple instructions would result in bringing about that blessing. The apostles had returned to Jerusalem and prayed for the promised power of God until it was received. Let us read in Luke 24, 49 to 53. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. For these faithful saints, the purpose of the Feast of Pentecost was manifest. Jesus walked with them 40 days after his resurrection, then commanded them to return to Jerusalem. After 10 days of tarrying, they all received the gift of the Holy Ghost, just as Jesus had instructed them. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost was not by coincidence, but a part of God's plan that had purpose and instituted with deliberacy. 
For the 120, they became the light of the world to lead souls to Jesus. Indeed, the lands were lit and there were vessels filled with the Holy Ghost to overflow. When Paul preached to the congregation in Jerusalem as we began our sermon, many years had passed. The apostles were much older and their spiritual maturity had increased. The Holy Ghost they received years earlier remained as real to them as the day they first received them. On that accord, they continued to preach the word and the gospel of the kingdom of God. For them, everything Jesus forewarned them of came to pass. Souls were being baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. Devils were being cast out as the apostles rebuked them in the name of Jesus. Adversity and persecution intensified, but they found comfort in the promises of God and pressed toward the mark. Let us read in Matthew 5, 13 to 16, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and he giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What does it mean to let my light shine before men? What purpose does the properties in soul serve my spiritual life? Does my life have a direct effect on bringing lost souls to Jesus? Did you know, television viewers, that as a believer, you have a great responsibility to the Lord in promoting the gospel upon this earth? Your answer might be, how can I be held accountable when I'm not a preacher? It does not matter whether one is a preacher or not. If you have become a recipient of the blessings that come with the gospel, then you also have a duty to tell others of Jesus. You have a duty to spread the good news. Will you ask yourselves this question? Am I spiritually awake and in touch with the Lord? It is a known fact that to be saved is one matter, but to stay saved and to remain at the center of the Lord's will is another matter. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Is your light beaming brightly, being that it is filled with faith and confidence in the word of God? On the other hand, do you find yourself groping in darkness? It might be because your light is dim to the Lack of faith and enthusiasm? If so, you have covered your candlestick and with sin and compromise. Has your light been completely extinguished through the lust of the flesh, sinful or unbelief? You cannot assure your salvation by gainsaying the word of God that will conveniently allow you to live in sin. The church, spiritually speaking, is not a building where people can assemble. The church is the many-membered body of Christ. This body is also the temple of the living God where he dwells through his spirit. We as believers should assemble in the house of the Lord as often as possible to pray and to worship and more so as we see the day approaching. The parable of the ten virgins gives us a composite of the church and its members in the last days. The passage reveals to us that the congregation is a mixed multitude. Though the word is being preached that highlights the coming of the Lord Jesus, some will choose to remain remiss and not adequately prepare themselves. Let us read Matthew 25, 1 to 5. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. As with many passages in the Bible, the personal character and attitude of our human nature is often addressed using parables or metaphors. 
When Jesus referred to the ten women as being virgins, no doubt he was referring to those who have been saved. The saved are being symbolized as being chaste, pure, and unblemished from the pollutants of the world. Jesus, in this case, is not addressing unbelievers because unbelievers will have never have access to the heavenly world until they come to the knowledge of the truth following Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that our patience possess we our souls. It is with a degree of patience we should continue in well-doing. One of the challenging circumstances every believer will face is the ability to patiently wait on the Lord. At times, the circumstances seem so overwhelming and our faith begins to decline. If not rooted and grounded, they might eventually lead to failing faith. The parable of the ten virgins puts everything in perspective for us. All ten virgins were supplied with lamps and vessels. Under the circumstances, they had to obtain their own oil for the lamp. They were made aware that they were accountable for themselves and were encouraged to make sound decisions. They were told that the bridegroom would eventually arrive and they should consciously prepare for his return. However, they were not told when he would arrive. All ten virgins were instructed to take heed, to prepare and to be confident that the groom would return. At a designated time, the doors were to open. According to the parable, the five wise and prepared virgins entered, while the unwise and unprepared were left out. The point Jesus imparts to the latter-day believer is the necessity of living a life that possesses and not only professes righteousness. Our lives as Christians cannot be lived on the surface. There must be depth in it. In other words, our commitment to our life in Jesus must be sincere and with reverence. More than ever before, we must increase our confidence in Jesus, meaning the Word of God. Let us read in Ephesians 1, 17 to 19, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that He may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of His glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Yes, Jesus is coming soon, and I pray that you will keep your lands filled, trimmed, and bright. If you'd like to know more about God's word, the church, and to view these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website, JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, this is your host, Pastor Billy Han Jr. Expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. We call upon the church band to bring our program to its conclusion with a spirit and rendition entitled Victory in Jesus.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.